Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. And uh, guys, today we are in the second teaching of a teaching installment that we've called Reset. All right, we've called reset. And why are we calling it reset? Well, because of what I just spoke to you a second ago. Okay, this is a time of the year where we're making certain decisions in our life. And, you know, I think it's time to reset some of our habits. I think it's time to reset some of our attitudes. All right, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that our attitudes have changed from what they were before. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes I've seen Christians with worse attitude than people that are not Christians. Did I get an amen, somebody? (laughs) Man, we need to reset some of our attitudes, guys. Like, just because you got Jesus don't mean that you could be, you know, snapping your finger and going all crazy on people and stuff. So you tell the Lord, Lord, reset my attitudes, reset my habits, reset my commitments, I believe this is a moment of the year where you say, okay, what are going to be my commitments for 2023? What am I going to be really committed to? What am I going to really go after? Reset our behavior, our friendships. All right, guys, I'm here to tell you, some of us need to get new friends in our lives. Your friends are not helping you because instead of pushing you forward, they're, they're, they're sinking you. They're pulling you down. You know, even sometimes with the words that they say to you, they're not encouraging words. They're, you know, they're down and then they want to see you down. You know what? I want to have positive, happy people around me. I don't know about you. I want to have people that are excited about life. I don't want people, you know, doom and gloom. The world is coming to the end by four o'clock if the dolphins lose and everything. No, (laughs) you know, I could do, you know, doom and gloom myself all the time if I want to. But I need to have people that are encouraged me, people that are, you know what, man, that, that, that will build up my faith. So we need to reset some of our relationships in 2023. I really believe it. Our passions. Whatever, or what are you passionate about? Or let me say it like this. What passion do you have inside of you that you're not going after yet? You know, I have a... Uh, a nine-year-old boy, his name is Jeremy, and the other day he slapped me with words. He didn't have to hit me. He just slapped me with words. He goes, Daddy, weren't you writing a book about a year and a half ago? Did you finish it? I was like, boy, man, it's like, I'll have this guy sleep outside in the cold or something today, man. I have the title like of six books that I have inside of me that I want to read. And I started, that I want to read, no, that I want to write. And I started writing the first one, you know, and then you just start pushing it off and pushing it off and push it. But then you have a little one that will come around and say, what happened? What happened to your passion? What happened to your dream? What happened to that desire that God put inside of you? This is the time that you hit reset on that button and you say, you know what? Let's go. Let's do it. And some of those things are going to lead you sometimes down a path of uncertainty, down a path of fear, down a path that you haven't gone before. Maybe you have to face giants from the past because maybe you tried and you failed. But you know what? I'm here to tell you, press reset. Let's go. You're starting off a new year. This is the right time because if not, when it's going to be the right time? You know what I'm saying? We're always waiting for the right moment, the right time. The question is, when is the right time? 
Well, I think the new year is a good time, you know, to move forward and to hit reset, all right? So it starts with what? I believe it starts with our spiritual habits. Before we go out crazy and start making all these decisions and stuff like that, you know, it starts with our spiritual habits. It starts with what's in here. All right. And that's why sometimes, you know, I stand up here at the beginning of the year and I'm going to do it right now again. I tell the people, give the Lord one full year of your life. Give Jesus one full year of your life. I mean, just go after him. Go after everything that as a church we're offering you and say, growth track, I'm going to do growth track. Small group, I'm going to do small group. And in one year, if you regret it, you come back to me and say, pastor, it didn't work for me. I'm leaving the church. You tell me where you're going. I'm going to go with you to that church. Tell me where you're going, I'm going to go with you. Why? Because I believe that if you give Jesus one full year of your life, you won't be the same when you're done. Now I say this, you know, not just to get you to do everything that we're doing and, and stuff like that. I, I say it was so you could check in here and you could see, okay, how am I really doing? How are my spiritual convictions as I hit reset? Is that the most important thing for me? Well, pastor, you're supposed to say that because you're the pastor. So you're going to focus on the spirit side. Well, if you understand that you're a spirit being first and the day that your, your bodily or your flesh is gone, you're still going to be a spirit being. So I'm focusing on the essence of who you really are. You know, the other day I was looking at Cristiano Ronaldo without a shirt and I was like, my God. I'm like, Jesus Christ, bro. I could do push-ups and sit-ups from here till Jesus comes back, and I still won't look like that guy, bro. And my, my wife comes in, like, what are you looking at? I'm like, I'm checking out this guy right here. I'm like, what are you doing checking out, guys? I'm like, man, I pray I'm like that in the spirit. Because in the flesh, I'm never going to be like that. But in the spirit, I hope I look like that, and even better than that. So are we doing our spiritual push-ups? Are we doing our spiritual sit-ups? Are we doing what we got to do, man? Because one day, we're not going to be in this body no more. So we need to make sure that we put the spirit things first. Next week, we're going to have our small groups fair here at Numa. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, next week, all right, we're going to be in the, at the beginning where you could choose in what small group you want to be in to start off 2023. Here at Numa, we have seasons of small groups, and we're going to have 13 seasons, to start, 13 weeks to start off the new year. And next week you get to choose, oh, I would like to be here. I would like to do this. I would like to do that. I want to encourage you to join a small group. Why? Because you need relationships in your life. Good, godly relationships in your life. You need people that will believe in you. People that will encourage you. So you get that here at NUMA through our small group. So next week you come ready. All right, there's going to be tents outside. And hopefully there's not mad wind like there was yesterday at the beach. All right, and you're going to go and look at the different groups that we're offering and say, you know what, I want to join that group. I, I, I want to learn about that. Okay, we're going to have groups of finances, groups of prayer, uh, groups for the young people, all different types of groups. All right, then our growth track. All right, growth track is something that we have here. It's a four-week process, all right, and especially if you're new at NUMA and you want to know what we're about, you want to join our church, you want to make this your spiritual family, you want to get baptized, you know, you got to go to the growth track. Actually, the first step of the growth track, okay, is, is knowing, okay, NUMA church. Then the, the second one has to do with your spiritual gifts. Today is step two. And when does that happen, Pastor? Simultaneously with the service. 
Next door, in the building next door, we offer growth track in Spanish and English during both service times. So you could come receive in one, and then you go over there to the other one. And you know what? There's nothing better that when you're going through a situation and you don't focus on the situation, you focus on your purpose and you focus on the passion that God has put inside of you. You know what happens? Your problem starts to become smaller and smaller and smaller. Yesterday, I was having lunch with a person. And I was having lunch with this person. This person is a brilliant business mind. And I had to, you know, get some ideas from him. I go, listen, uh, I, I want to I ask you, there's, there's this thing that I'm thinking about. What do you think? And all of a sudden, this guy says, well, I see this and this and this and this. I'm like, how in the world do you see all that? And I saw how amazing it is when somebody is wired for something. When somebody comes alive, and all of a sudden, the conversation just changed. This person came alive. You know that same way it could happen with you when you discover why God put you here on this earth? You'll come alive. You'll come alive. And we were talking about what he was going through and all these different things. And all of a sudden, when we got into that conversation, just everything shifted. Everything changed. You got to go do your growth track, all right? Now, today... I want to speak about one of those key spiritual habits that I believe are important, okay, for all of us as Christians and as believers. And it has to do with what? It has to do with prayer. So today, the topic of my message is reset my prayer life. I want to talk about making a reset in your prayer life because one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of times as Christians, we talk about prayer and prayer is this thing that we mention, but we, a lot of times we don't believe in prayer because we don't feel that prayer is really working for us. We really believe that we're not getting the answer to our prayer. We don't know if it's, 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 it's good enough to invest time in that or we don't know how to do it. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, let's have prayer. And you just say, okay, what do I do? Sit there for one hour? Just close my eyes until like, I feel like I'm falling asleep. You know, what is this whole prayer thing? Well, and that's why we're doing right now our 21 days of prayer, all right? And today, all right, we are starting week two of those 21 days of prayer. We've been here Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. And there's some people that I see here that have been here every day. I want to tell you guys, man, I'm so proud of you. And those that haven't been able to make it, man, at least one day. Oh, pastor, but I can. I got to go to work. My kids, you know, all these things. Okay, Saturdays at 9. We're here Saturdays at 9. No, I can't do that. We're on social media at 12. Can you get out your phone at least at 12? No, I can't. 1230. 1230, we're on set. How about it? Okay, and now we're going to pray for you at the end. We're going to have pastors up here in the front, and they're going to pray for you. All right, so you become. And what are you doing during those 21 days of prayer, pastor? Well, there's a couple of things. For example, all these that I have up here this morning are prayer petitions that people are praying about different things. There's a couple of them that are even mine that are up here. So we put our prayer cards here. We pray over them. And actually, I want us to do something right now. There's people that are believing God for healing miracles right here. There's people that are believing for restoration miracles right here. There's people that are, are, are believing uh, for broken families to t come together again right here. So I want to take a moment in the service right now. And if you could just extend your hand real quick. I'm just going to hold this here. We're going to pray over these people that are right here. Father, in Jesus' name, this morning you put in my heart that we would get these prayer petitions, Lord. 
And not only pray for them, Lord, in the morning when we're here, Lord, at 6, but to pray for them in the service, Lord God. And right now, whatever need these are, you know them. You know each person here by name. You know the situation that they've written down. Lord, I pray that you would answer miracles. I pray, my God, that you would heal those that need healing, that you would deliver those that need deliverance. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do miracles in the hearts of families, Lord, that are being torn apart, my God, that they would come together again. Father, in Jesus' name, for young people that have walked away from the faith and walked away from their home and hear their parents that are praying for their young people, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. There's prayers here for new jobs, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray that you do it. And I declare that this is going to be not only a season, Lord God, where we're praying, but also a season of answered prayers. A season where miracles are being done, where wonders are being done, where our hearts are being pulled closer and closer to you, Lord. So we believe this today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. And if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, how can I pray like that? We have this free prayer booklet. It's in English. And there's different prayer tracks and prayers and verses that talk about prayer. You could get one of these at the end after the service out there in our information center. Okay. And last but not least, we have this little prayer card. And this prayer card... It says, my 10 targets for God's blessing. These are 10 people that you want to be praying for, that you want God to touch them, that don't know the Lord. It may be family members, neighbors, co-workers, all right? And what you're going to do is that during these 21, you're going to write their names here. You're going to be praying for them every day. And what you're going to do is that next Sunday, I'm going to come up here. I'm going to say, okay, now I want you guys to invite them to church. And on January 29th, which we break our prayer and our fast, you're going to invite those people to church. We're going to have our, our welcome, our invite Sunday. And invite Sunday is a Sunday that we prepare just for these people, for your visits. But what's going to happen? God's already touching their hearts through prayer. All right, so we have these, and they're also back there. So join and be part of that. All right. Now, how many of you guys love Jesus in this room? You know that one of the things that I love about Jesus is how he changed paradigms, how he did things different, how he came and he reset a lot of the things that were going in the wrong direction for a long time. Have you ever been doing something wrong for a long time, but that's just the way that we do it, so we're just going to continue doing it like that? Has that ever happened to you? Like, for example, I have this little shed in my backyard that everything that we don't know where to put, we just put it in there. You have one of those at home, anybody? The wives are looking at the husbands and pointing to the side. You know, it could be a room. Or how about that drawer in the kitchen? All right. That every paper that you don't know what to do with that paper, you're not going to see that paper for the rest of your life, but you put it in that drawer. That happened to you? Well, this week I walked into that little house that I have in my backyard because I was looking for, for a switch, a three-way switch, because we were doing some electrical work in my house. And I knew I had a box of that somewhere in there. And that was the point, somewhere in there. When I opened the door, the first thing I found was the barbecue, which is right in front. I could have made a barbecue right at the door right there. 
And then after that, there was a ladder. When I tried to go through the ladder to get to the back, the ladder fell down. And then I couldn't go back the way that I came. I'm like, man, I just need to take out everything in here. All right. And start organizing it little by little. I need to do a reset to this thing. Well, Jesus came to do that in our lives. And Jesus came to do that. So <laughs> some of you guys are like, man, you better get to work. You better get into that little drawer and do some work and stuff. Jesus came to do that in our lives. And he came to do that in the culture when he came. So when Jesus came, for example, there was 1,500 years between him and Moses. And Moses had received the law from God and had taught the people a certain way that they had to relate with God. And for 1,500 years, okay, the Hebrew people, the nation of Israel, was relating with God and praying to him in a certain way. And one of those ways, it was by calling him Adonai, which was Lord, okay, God, there was, you couldn't say the name of God. It was too sacred for them, all right? But that's the way they had ever, they would always do it. So nobody would shift that or nobody would change that. And here comes Jesus on the scene. He goes, oh, we're about to reset some things. We're about to shift some things. We're about to change something. And then all of a sudden, the way that they would pray would be repetitions. Have you ever seen somebody praying and they just repeat the same thing over and over? I came from Catholicism. And in Catholicism, you say the same thing a hundred times. I'm like, that saint is either crazy, he's deaf, or something's going on. But if I have to say the same thing a hundred times, or he's a child. Because my kid, I have to tell him a hundred things at the same time, you know, to see if he does it. And a lot of times we repeat ourselves thinking, oh, God didn't hear it. Oh, God heard it the first time. You don't need to keep on repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again. So Jesus comes on the scene, and in Matthew 6, verse 5 through 8, he says the following. He says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they're ever going to get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles are those that didn't know God back then. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask of him. So Jesus here is trying to do so, what? He's trying to do a reset. In what? In their prayer life. In their way of relating to God. And what the disciples were seeing in Jesus' life was so impacting. What the disciples were seeing in Jesus' life was so different that they go to Jesus and say, Jesus, we really don't know how to do this thing. And they tell Jesus the most incredible thing. Can you teach us to pray? Now, aren't these the people of God? Aren't these the people that should be teaching others how to pray? And they see Jesus like, Jesus, can you please teach us how to pray? How is it that I should pray? So today, in the time that I have left, what I want to teach you, okay, is how to do a reset in your own prayer life, looking at this model prayer or this prayer track, that's the way I like to call it, that Jesus left us, all right, of how we should relate with our Heavenly Father.
So we're going to dive, okay, into the Lord's Prayer this morning. And I believe, listen to what I'm going to say, what I'm going to teach you is in this little green book that I'm telling you to take. All right, at the end, you can just go and take it. Why? Because I don't want, during these 21 days of prayer, you coming or you saying, okay, I'm going to try this prayer thing at home, and you're just sitting there and saying, man, I don't know what to say. That's what used to happen to me. I had these friends of mine. You know, I come fresh out of high school. I have one of my old high school buddies here that I love, my friend Asbel. Love you, man. Every time that I have you here is an honor. We were part of our basketball team, and there was this guy that came into our team, I think in our 11th grade or senior year, and his name was Danny, and he used to pray before the games. And we were like, what is he doing? You know, he'd be like in the corner. We'd be like listening to hip-hop music and stuff, getting ready. And then Danny's over there in the corner, like, you know, praying and doing some rituals and stuff like that. And in my senior year, all right, him and I started getting closer because of certain problems and situations that I was going in through my life. And he would invite us on Monday nights to pray in his house. And when I would go there, the prayer time was like, okay, get in a room. They would put loud worship music, turn off the lights, okay? And all of a sudden, people were praying. And I'm like, bro, I'm not even closing my eyes because one of these guys might jump on me while I have my eyes closed and who knows what's going to happen, you know? And that was prayer. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to learn a little bit more about this. I need to learn what prayer is all about. I want to learn to talk to God like some people that would talk to God the same way that I'm speaking to you. And they would talk to God as if God was a friend. And I started to ask myself the question, is it possible for even myself to become a friend of God? Can I have that type of close relationship with him that I could talk to him about anything? And all of a sudden, there was this desire in me to get to know God more intimately, the way that you would know the person that is sitting next to you. And I want to tell you something. I want you guys to look at me. You know that you can know God in that way. You know you can have a conversation with God. And not only you having all the talk and then saying, in the name of Jesus, amen, and you walk around, because a lot of times God is like, hey, I was about to say something, and you just (laughs) cut them off. You know that you could sit there and you could, God could speak to your heart. And you believe that? And he wants to do it. He wants you to be able to listen to him. He wants to relate with you. And Jesus shows us through this prayer track, okay, how it is that we could pray and have that relationship with him. How we could connect with him. How we could align our priorities with him. How we could become more dependent on him. So in Matthew 6, right there where we're at, in verse 9, Jesus says the following. Therefore, pray in this manner. Okay, he's not saying pray this. A lot of times we thought, okay, that's what we need to pray, so that's what we're going to repeat. That's not what he's saying. He's saying pray in this manner. This is the way you should pray. And he says this, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that's what he teaches his disciples. 
And I imagine the disciples were like ready for some secret formula. I'm like, man, he's going to teach us how to raise some dead people. You know, and he talked to the leopard and the leopard got cleansed and the paralytic got up and he's going to teach us how to pray for that. And Jesus just says that prayer. And I imagine they were like, what do we do with this? Where do we go from here? But I want to tell you, there's so much revelation in that that we could do an entire series just on those few words that Jesus spoke there. So he starts this prayer model or this prayer track by saying the following, Our Father. So if you're taking notes, this is the first thing that I want you to write down. We want to connect with God relationally. We want to connect with God relationally. He's not some God that is far away in some distant galaxy, so busy with the universe that he doesn't have time for you. How many of you guys have thought sometimes, man, I don't know if I should even pray this because he might be so busy that how is he going to pay attention to me when there's people that are dying in Africa? There's a war that's going on in Ukraine. How is he going to be paying attention to me? You know what? I pray about the silliest things and the craziest things. I talk to him. And Jesus, the first reset, that he started to teach the people, this is not some faraway God. This is your father. Your father. The God that they couldn't even mention his name, Jesus is saying, that's Abba. That's daddy. That's your dad. You could come to him. You need to relate with him. So if I'm going to talk to you guys about prayer this morning, I want to tell you it's a relationship with God. And you re relate with him as a son or a daughter. If you're in this room or you're watching through that camera today and you've invited Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you're a son or you're a daughter of God. What does that mean? He is your father. All right? He cares about you. He cares about what's important to you. You should talk to him like that. Okay, it's not Lord. A lot of us call him Lord. That's fine. I call him Lord sometimes. But before he is Lord, he's my father. He's my dad. He's my Abba. And imagine Jesus teaching this in the rabbinic schools where you couldn't mention the name of God. Oh, they wanted to stone him. They're like, who does this crazy man think he is calling God Father? You can't call God Father. His name you can't even pronounce is so wonderful. And Jesus is like, yeah, all that stuff, but he's my father. And he's your father. I want you to be able to come to God in this season of prayer. If we're going to do a reset in our prayer life, I want you to come to him with confidence as a son or daughter. And if you never had a dad in your life that was involved in your life, you might have a difficult time doing that. Or your dad was harsh or unattainable. And you'll see God that same way because a lot of times the way that we saw our earthly father, that's the way that we're going to see our heavenly father. But let me tell you, our heavenly father's not like any earthly father that you could ever imagine. Not even the best earthly father. Our God is so wonderful. So you come to him and the Bible says you come boldly before the throne of God. You come as a son. You come as a daughter. You come and saying, Abba, I've missed you. You see, yesterday, I was out the whole day. I got up at 4 a.m., and we went to the whole prayer thing with the youth, and then I had this lunch out in Aventura. By the time I got home, it was like 5.30. When I got home, Jeremy and Bella were waiting for me. 
And Jeremy comes running and he says, Daddy, Daddy. And you don't know what that produces in my heart. He's nine years old and he's still coming. I'm like, when he turns 13, he won't even look at me. He'll be like, I'm looking at my tablet or I'm talking to my friends. But he's still in that stage where his daddy, daddy just walked in. And I'm like, I'm going to take full advantage of this. I'm like, come here, man. I'm like hugging him and stuff like that. You know that you can walk to God? Daddy, daddy. You can go to him relationally. Number two, Jesus said, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? You worship his name. You worship his name. His name is holy. And you worship his name. What it brings to my mind is the different names of God and the benefits of those names. And this is one of the ways that I pray. For example, in Psalm 103, 1 through 5, okay, it talks about the five benefits of the redemptive names of God. And I start praying this. When I'm praying and I do this prayer track, I start praying, and I, I pray over this with Psalm 103. If you could go there, verse 1 through 5. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So what we start doing is that we start blessing the name of the Lord. So for example, when you get here, he says, who forgives all our iniquities. One of the names of the Lord is Jehovah Tiskenu, our Lord, our righteousness. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not good. I'm not perfect. But God, you're a good God and you're a righteous God. And you forgive me, Lord. And thank you to your forgiveness. I could be here standing in front of you. And I'll be praying that for about five minutes, just pacing back and forth. Thanking God for that part of who he is, his righteousness, and he covered it. And then it says, who heals our diseases, Jehovah Rapha. And I start saying, Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that you made this body, and this body's going to function the way it needs to function. And anything is hurting, I declare healing over my body, because you are God, you're the God that heals me. And you see, all of a sudden, you start having this conversation with God, using the names of God. Then you move on. Who redeems our life from destruction? That's Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. If you're in a fight for your life right now, that's the one that you got to be praying. You start praying, God, you're Jehovah Nisi. My Father, you're the one that is fighting for me. You see, the Bible says that when the children of Israel were fighting and Moses' arms would go down, they would start losing. And when his arms would be up, they would be winning. You know that? That, that part of scripture where it says that his arms were up and Joshua and Caleb, I think it was Joshua, was it Joshua and Caleb that would come and, and hold his arms up? And when he would have his arms up, you know that the word in the Hebrew there, okay, is touching the throne. You know that when you have your hands up, what you're doing is that you're touching the throne of God? Isn't that powerful? Oh, you're touching the throne of God. You're in a fight for your life. And you put your hands up and say, Lord, you're fighting this battle for me because you're Jehovah Nisi. And even though I don't see the victory, God, you're going to give me the victory. I declare victory over my life. And you have your hands raised. And I declare that God starts to manifest in your life. Oh, I feel his presence right now. Start praying the names of God. And then you move on. Who crowns 
us with loving kindness as Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. The Lord is there. This is one of my favorite names of God. Because there's no moment that you're alone. He's always there. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's right at your right hand. There's a song, old song from a group called Delirious back in the day. And there's a song called Obsession. I've been listening to that song Obsession up and down in my car all these days. Even my daughter now is singing it. And that CD came in a can originally. And there's a song, that song Obsession, it says, Sometimes you're further than the moon. Sometimes you're closer than the skin. God is closer than your own skin. He's there. The Hebrew scribes thought that you couldn't speak too loud because God was so close that you just need to whisper and he would hear you. You don't need to be loud to talk to him because he's there. He's there. You're not alone in your situation right now. You're not alone in your problem right now. He's there. When you leave the service, you leave me. You leave this building, but God is who satisfies us with good things. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Oh, he satisfies you with good things. Even things that you and I don't deserve, he decides to give us such a good father. So you bless the name of the Lord. You say the names of God, his redemptive name. Then you come to this part of the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I start praying God's will here on earth. And if there's a place that needs God's will is earth. <laughs> so what do you pray at that moment, Pastor? I start praying for salvation for the lost, all those that don't know the Lord. I start praying for them. That's why we're doing this prayer card thing, to pray for your loved ones. I believe that there's family members that you have that don't know the Lord, that he wants to manifest himself to them now in this time, in this season. You pray for the lost. I pray for those that are in authority. Oh, but I don't agree with their policies. I don't agree with what they're doing. Anyways, you pray for them. The Bible says that the heart of the king are like channels in the hands of God. You're like, you're going to lead that man, even in the midst of his stomach, whatever, Lord, to make the decision that is in your heart. You pray for the leaders, and then you pray for the poor and the marginalized. You pray for love and unity in the body of Christ. Sometimes the body of Christ is so divided. That's not the heart of God. You pray over the churches here at Numa. We love to pray for the churches of the city. We love to pray for the men of God in the city. Why? Because we need one another. You're not going to catch me up here speaking bad about a church or a pastor. No, you can't. Why? Because the moment that one goes down, we all go down. So we pray for, 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 for God's kingdom to come to earth. And then we pray that his kingdom would come into our lives. Lord. I want to see your kingdom in my life. And you know what the kingdom of God in your life is? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And I start praying God's fruit of the Spirit over my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In other words, His divine character in control of your thoughts and control of your actions. Lord, let your kingdom come. A lot of us want to bring the kingdom to the world, but the kingdom hasn't come to us yet. We need to surrender to him. And then we get to the part of the prayer where he says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? You depend on him for everything. That's where you bring your prayer list out to God. 
When you say, give us today our daily bread, it's not you praying just for your food. You got to pray for your food. Lord, give me provision today. But all your needs, what's your daily bread? What are the things you need that day? What are the things that are going on in your life right now? In other words, that's different for everybody that is in this room. When you pray the Father's Prayer and you get to that moment, to that place, you know what? That's where you cast your cares over Him. That's where you tell Him, Lord, this has been in my heart and, and, and it's burdening me. Lord, I give you this. And let me tell you something. If you cast your care on Him, you don't need to go back to check to see if He got it. He got it. A lot of us are like, you know, sometimes like the moms. Yeah, the moms tell the kids something, and then they come and drop in like five minutes. I tell my wife, hey, they already heard. They got it. You know, you don't need to be checking in, you know, because a lot of times we harp in. It's like, just relax. And we do that to God. God, I told you this. Two minutes have passed. You haven't done it yet. And God's like, bro, relax. Our own anxiety. A lot of us are anxious, and God says, hey, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, that's what the Bible says. Make your petitions known to God. Are you guys receiving anything this morning? I want to see your prayer lives lit on fire. I want you guys relating to God in 2023 like never before. And then we get to the part where it says, and forgive us our debts. Someone says, Lord, forgive my debt with Wells Fargo. Forgive my debt with Bank of America. <laughs> Those two, by the way. <laughs> and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that part of the story, like, okay, what does that mean? You know, it changes us. Forgive and be forgiven. That's the part of the prayer where you say, okay, Lord, forgive me the same way that I forgive others. If you have people that you need to forgive, you need to forgive them. You need to let go. Why? Because that'll harm you. It'll kill you. It'll do damage to your heart. The Bible says the following, above all things, guard your heart because from it flows the wellsprings of life. Proverbs 4.23. Anything that is affecting your heart, you need to make sure that you check on that and you let go. Guys, I want to tell you something. Be quick to let go. Be quick to forgive. A lot of us are holding grudges to something that happened 25 years ago. Some of us, that person died. And you're still there. I always told my wife, babe, we have to have our skin. It has to be like an alligator, like a crocodile. Have you seen the crocodile skin? Man, that thing is like a tank. But we always have to have a tender heart, like a baby's heart. A thick skin and tender hearted. That's how we need to walk and forgive. And then we get to this part of the scripture, of the prayer, where he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know that there's harm all around us. There's evil all around us. There's craziness all around us. And you ask the Lord, Lord, watch my step. Take care of me, Lord. Lord, protect my going in, protect my coming out. Lord, if I'm around danger, Lord, I pray that you would protect me. Not too long ago, I was driving down the turnpike, and there was a, a pickup truck in front of me from some company, 
And all of a sudden, as he was driving, some of the crates that he had in the back, I think he didn't tie them up right, and those crates just started to fly out in the middle of the turnpike. I'm by 40th going down to 8th Street. You know that little path from 40th to 8th? And honestly, I see like one of those milk crates coming my way. And then a second one, a third one. And all of a sudden, I just had to swerve like two lanes so that I wouldn't hit that thing. And praise God that at that moment, there was no car coming. Because if there would have been cars coming, I would have caused a tremendous accident. And that guy kept driving, and he didn't even notice. And I tried to speed up and get next to him. I started honking. Like that, and the guy's like waving at me. And I'm like, there's no waving time. You're about to kill hundreds of people here in this street, you know. And, I, and when he raises, put his window down, and I'm like, hey, like in a good Cuban voice, you know. You're like, a bunch of things are coming out. And the guy like pulled to the corner, you know. And I'm like, but what had I prayed that day? Lord, not leave me down, tempted. protect me. Protect my steps. When you get to that point of prayer, you know what I pray, guys? I put on the full armor of God. That's one of the things that Paul talks about in Scripture. He talks about the full armor of God, piece by piece, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, and you start taking authority in Jesus' name over all demonic activity that might be going on around you. That's the part of that prayer where you do spiritual warfare. Pastor, what, am I, what are you teaching me today? I'm teaching you a prayer track. That is the one that Jesus taught his disciples so that your prayer life will come alive and you can do a reset in your prayer life as you start 2023. And then it closes by saying, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. His is the kingdom. What does that mean? That all authority belongs to him. I say, Lord, yours is the kingdom. You're the one that has the last word. No man has the last word over my life. You're the one that has the last word. You're the one that sets my life in order. All authority is yours, Lord, over my life. Yours is the power. What does that mean? All strength comes from our God. Sometimes we receive news that leave us without strength. You stay without power. Sometimes don't you feel that you receive news that is like it hits you in the gut? One of the people that I'm praying for that is here in my prayer list is a little girl from our school. Little girl, her name is Elisa. I want you to be praying for Elisa. I want to visit her this week in the hospital. Okay, Elisa just turned three years old. And she has cancer in her intestines, in her pelvis, Okay, and in her tibia, if I'm not mistaken. And she's going to start to undergo chemo so that they can operate to try to do some radiation at three years old. When I went into that room, I thought I was going to see a baby all tubed up and everything. You know what I saw? A little girl with a bottle upside down in the bed with her feet all the way up in the air. So alive. When I saw that little girl, I said, Lord, yours is the kingdom and yours is the power. And you have power over that cancer right now in Jesus' name. And I cast out that cancer. 
And right now we pray for Elisa in Jesus' mighty name. We declare we're going to hear a miracle from that little girl. I declare in Jesus' name we're going to see. She was here in the Christmas play. She was one of the Christmas trees in the Christmas play. The happiest Christmas tree. Have you ever done that dance? I'm the happiest Christmas tree. You know, I'm singing that because some of you guys are crying, you know. You're going to, if I'm going to ask you guys to pray for somebody during these 21 days, I want you to write Elisa down. You're going to be praying for that little girl. That's my prayer petition during these 21 days. Yours is what? The kingdom, the power, and the glory. The glory, the glory. Victory will be his completely. I want you guys to look over here. I know that sometimes we go through things in life that it looks like he wouldn't have the victory. For example, when you touch a sick person, when you taste death in the family, and you believe, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus resurrected and all this and that. But in the middle of the storm and in the middle of the situation, it doesn't look like he has all the victory. It looks like that's the end. Maybe it's a relationship. But I want to tell you something. That at the end, his is the victory. At the end, he wins. And because he wins, you and I win. So I don't want you to be discouraged in prayer. Prayer doesn't work. Oh, no, it does work. And I want you guys to be light on fire, lit on fire for God. Lord, how do I pray, man? I'm going to take this teaching. Maybe you need to see this teaching again. This will be up on social media as soon as you leave there. All these prayers. There's the Lord's Prayer, Tabernacle Prayer, the Prayer of Jabez, different prayers that you could use. Let's reset our prayer life. As we start 2023, I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. I want to be real sensitive to the Holy Spirit right now. Because there's a lot of things that are going on in the room at this moment. Some of you guys have gone through rough time. Some of you guys have a difficulty seeing God as Father. Some of you guys have an issue with forgiveness. Some of you guys are not seeing his kingdom in your life. So I've just spoken this prayer outline and there's different things that are going on in here. So I'm just speaking the word of God. Now take this moment and say, okay, Lord, what are you telling me? What, what do I need to work on right now? And take a moment and meditate on that for a second. Whichever of the points that I just touched, say, okay, Lord, Lord, what do I need to work on? What are you telling me? And let him speak to your heart right there where you're at. In heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom. Let him.
Christ to our feet as we sing this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your room this morning and let's just touch the throne of God with our hands raised right there where you're at and whatever situation you're facing right now whatever circumstance you find yourself in with your hands raised just talk 
to your Father in heaven right there. Just take a moment, one more minute. We're about to close. Just talk to your Father in heaven. Just tell him whatever it is. Maybe your heart is not in the right place. Maybe there's pain, there's hurt. It could be a physical ailment right now. Just raise your hands before that throne of God. Just talk to your Father. Just bless his name. Just bless his name. Just bless his name. Oh, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you, God. Oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome, Lord. Mighty, mighty, mighty you are. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, Elgibor, you're the mighty God. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for answered prayer. Thank you for answered prayer. Thank you for the miracles that you're doing right now. Thank you for the relationships that you're restoring right now. Thank you for the healing that is coming right now. Thank you for the hope that is being restored right now. Thank you, God, for you're a good God. Thank you, Father, because you're a good Father. We declare, Lord God, that yours and yours alone it's the kingdom, it's the power, and it's the glory, Lord God. And we know, Lord God, that in all these things, we are more than conquered through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And to Him, we give the glory and the praise this morning. Amen and amen. Put your hands together for Him this morning. Come on, let's tell Him yours is the kingdom one more time. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.